Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two one hundred in the second inning. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Welcome back to uh, Off the Block Swimming Podcast. This is the ISL Season 3 Specials, joined once again by expert analyst, Mr. Bobby Hurley. Bobby, how you been, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Week 11 of the New South Wales lockdown, so thank God we've got some ISL to watch on TV. Yeah, it keeps us busy, and obviously you're a rugby league fan as well. I know we don't want to get sidetracked here, but we've got finals coming up of that as well. ISL, the Paralympics... Uh, swimming portion has just finished. That was exciting too. So definitely enough to keep us busy. That's for sure. Sport is saving the world or saving New South Wales and Victoria through this lockdown right now. That's for sure. I know. Well, definitely, you know, you look at a lot of people sometimes whinge, don't they, that the sport, uh, you know, a rugby league and you look at the swimmers get to travel a bit to, to work as well. And um, there's a lot of debate over, you know, how do they get to do it? But we're still stuck in lockdown. But I think when you look at the uh, entertainment value that we get to sit at home and watch these guys, I think it just sort of proves it's worth. That's for sure. Um, just on a side note, you know, my day's not been great today. Actually, uh, flat tire and I had to change it. And this <laughs> one nut would not come off. Oh, I nearly gave up, mate. I nearly got it towed just to get someone to do it because it's just this one nut. I got the other four nuts off and this one nut would not move. It's, that's better than what I could have done. I would have been on the phone to NRMA straight away. <laughs> oh, it was anyway. I don't want to get sidetracked, but it was a pain in the ass. Uh, but as you said, luckily enough, we've we've had some ISL to to keep us occupied. Um, since we last spoke, we've had th- uh, two matches uh, going on, and we'll go through it um, one at a time. Match number three is uh, is the first one we want to get to. We had Energy Standard, London Raw, the Iron Team, and the New York Breakers. Um, of that two-day match, uh, Energy Standard came out on top. Uh, London Raw, second Iron Team in there is third. Pretty close there with those two teams. And, and the New York Breakers uh, coming fourth once again. Um, how did you see that one, mate? Yeah, so match three. And um, first time we've seen the London Raw team compete here. So, so a mixture of, of Aussies and, and British swimmers and as well as some, some swimmers from other countries as well. But, um, you know, Energy Standard really dominated this one overall. Um, they only had a narrow win in their previous match um, last week, but, but this one they, they won by, by more than 200 points over, over the London Raw. So for me, some of the big notes, um, Sarah Sostrom broke the, um, the ISL record in the 50 freestyle going 23.1. So she was, um, you know, coming off that broken elbow in, in February and um, – a subpar Olympics, I'll say, for, for Sarah Sostrom, um, purely because of the injury. She still mm. managed to, to get on the podium in the 50 freestyle um, at the end of the Olympic week, but she did go in, you know, as world record holder in three events. So, so an opportunity missed there at that level, but it looks like she's uh, well and truly back to her best um, in a short course setting. And um, she announced after the meet that she's going back to, to Sweden to continue her training and rehab 
um, for the rest of the regular season. So she'll miss Energy Standards next two regular season matches, although they are um, on top of the table at the moment. So they'll definitely feature in the semis and finals later on in the year. And, and we'll see Sarah Sostrom back in Energy Standard colours. So she's done her job there, no, no doubt, in terms of getting the team into um, into the the finals. So they're not they're not any worry about missing out. Do you think they will struggle a bit without her? When you look at sort of those top tier teams, and and certainly Energy Standard are one of them. You look at Sarah Showstrom; she definitely you know carries a, a sort of a big load in terms of relays, uh, individual performances as well, and 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 you know looking how quick she went, you know, getting those big points. Do you think we'll see a bit of a struggle? Will it be interesting to watch Energy Standard, you know, without her for a little bit? Or do you think, you know, they'll the the cogs will just keep turning over? They'll, you know, not that you can replace another Sarah Showstrom, but you know, in terms of points, they might be able to do it in another way. Yeah, I think they definitely won't be as dominant in those events, but you know, we've seen them do so well so far because they have Siobhan Jorge as their as their second sprint freestyler or their primary middle distance freestyle as well. So, so Siobhan actually won the 100, 200 and 400 freestyle in this match um, and was second behind Sarah Sostrom in the individual 50 and the skins. So she was the MVP of the match. So you lose one absolute superstar like Sostrom and you gain, you know, a double Olympic silver medalist who's, who's an ISL MVP in, in Siobhan Jorge. So, That'll be fine. Um, I'm not sure if they go up against the other heavy-hitting team, being the Cali Condors, um, in the regular season. If they go up against them, then then they're going to need every point that they can get. Um, but until the end of the year, um, energy standards should be safe. And they'll, they'll feature heavily, obviously, in the semis and the finals, like we spoke about. And, um, you know, we are chatting just before about probably the, the discrepancy between the two uh, between the top end of, of the teams and the, and the bottom end um, being sort of the DC Trident and, and the New York Breakers teams where they just don't have the depth or the superstars that um, Energy and, and Cali Condors have. So with Energy Standard, even in this match, um, Chad LeClough got, got beaten in the 200 fly, which, which we very rarely see. Um, he didn't even make the second round of the butterfly skins, which, which I think was sort of picked for his benefit. So, um, you know, whether the whether these superstar swimmers really need to go all out, go max, whether they're focusing more on their training at this point of the year rather than their racing, um, we're not sure. And and we'll wait and see um in the next week or two if if there are some more superstars like LeClos or Dressel or, or Tom Shields for the LA current that um do opt to to miss a couple more matches uh, potentially to benefit their performances later in the year. It's an interesting point you make, isn't it? And obviously for all the Aussie listeners out there that, you know, listen to our chats about ISL and are still, you know, whilst they're interested, they, you know, they might be struggling to work it out. You know, oh, I thought, you know, Adam Peaty was a part of the London Raw. Well, he is and he'll still be coming into it. He's just not a part of, you know, these uh, early matches. And as you said, Sarah Showstrom, you know, um, opting to to drop out for a little bit and, and come back in a bit later. It, do you think it, you know, from objectively from an Aussie perspective, does it f- make it a little bit hard sometimes to pick that sort of stuff up? Like we we want to be invested in the ISL and we're, we're, me and you definitely are and we're chatting about it, but, you know, it definitely makes it a little bit more difficult, doesn't it? Especially, we, you know, we don't know the news. We don't know who's happening or what's happening, who's dropping out, who's coming in. Makes it a bit hard sometimes. It's definitely difficult, um, but we've got to remember that that it is a professional 
worldwide league, you know, and, and each team has a roster of 28 swimmers per match. So they've probably got about 35 swimmers on the books. Um, so it's no different to any rugby league team or, or soccer team. And there's going to be injuries. There's going to be absentees. Um, and in an Olympic year as well, it's, it's sort of half expected, but it doesn't make it any easier to track. Um, like you said, PD's out at the moment. We haven't seen Emma McKeon race. Um, I, I think just Kyle Chalmers Instagram just that. got over there. Yeah, yeah. Kyle just flew there. So we probably see him in London's next regular season match next weekend. So it's it's hard to keep track of, but it does give an opportunity for some of these younger, younger stars that maybe aren't, um, you know, competing at the Olympic level yet um, to break out and, and have some big performances here. And, and we've seen that from, um, I've just j- not a, a jotted down a, a couple of swimmers that that are doing really well that are not your typical Olympic medalist, world champion type swimmers, but they're proving to be super valuable at an ISL um, short course racing type league. And who are they, mate? Who have you jotted down? Who are the names to keep an eye on? Uh, like like Guido from Brazil, the backstroker from um, for the London Raw. So he's he's 34, so he's a couple of years older than me. And, and I raced him for, for the majority of my career and, and especially short course sort of, always had the wood over him um and now at 34 he's pb you know he's, he keeps on improving um he's really good at backing up um from race to relay to individual so he's a he's a 22 6 and, and 48 9 short course backstroker which is amazing um but his long course isn't as strong like um i think he was at the olympics but he didn't make the final but he comes into this as as one of the genuine superstars um in a short course format and um, the other one's Minna Atherton um, from Australia who, who missed out on the Olympic team this year. Um, she did break a, a world record at ISL uh, at the end of 2019. So she's, a, you know, won world championship medals and whatnot and, you know, had a disappointment this year. I think she was coming off the back of an injury and, and, and lost her spot on the Australian team. But now she's coming in here and, and um, she won the 200 backstroke in this match and, and she could be um, a very difficult swimmer to, to beat come later in the year, um, assuming that she's been training and, and targeting this short course stuff. Yeah, well, you're definitely right. I mean, her I, I seen, I think it was the 200 backstroke. I think she she won that and she looked pretty strong. So she's obviously been doing a bit of work and uh, it showed through through that uh, that performance. Just quickly, just circling back to, you know, trying to even up um, the competition, so to speak. You know, how, how do we go about that? I, I don't know enough, I'm assuming, in terms of funding and, and who has what and are there salary caps and who can spend money on what and is it a, is it a matter of, you know, people have got more money than others? Um, I, I'm not sure, but they're definitely, from the outsider looking in and for all those listening who are expecting me to know a lot about this, I'm just the average punter. So I, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of those people who are, who are dialing in, watching a bit and asking these sort of questions. There's definitely a big discrepancy in terms of, as you said, the haves and the have-nots from from looking from afar. There's there's people who have got the superstars and 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 they're absolutely killing it. Not that DC Tridents um, and and New York Breakers don't have talented swimmers. They definitely do, but they're just maybe a little bit less experience or you know it might, you know something like that. How do we try to to look at balancing it, or is that something that's probably above your and I pay grade? <laughs> Yeah, again, it's it's um it's one of the the fun parts of the league to try and figure out because I think the best teams have a mix of superstars that are going to win races and win multiple races, 
but they've also got depth at the lower end of their team where they can field um, multiple competitive relay teams and you need to have those swimmers that are versatile. So you need um, some sprint freestyles that can also go up to the 200. You need some um, some IMers that can that can race up to the 400 IM and you need breaststrokers or, or butterflies that you don't normally see race any other stroke. You need them to jump in on a freestyle relay every so often. So this year, this season, we, was the first time we saw the ISL draft. So that definitely helped in, in evening out um, the pool of swimmers that were left unsigned. Um, but there was um, a period before the draft where teams could retain a certain number of superstars. Um, and being season three right now, those superstars were already with the Energy Standard team, with, with Sostrom and Leclo. Um, Callie Condors have Kayla Dressel and Lily King. And London Raw have got Adam Peaty, you know, Emma McKeon, Duncan Scott. So, so they retained those swimmers. Um, how we get, you know, I'm not sure if there's a salary cap or not, or, or how do we get those swimmers to be attracted to go to the New York Breakers and the DC Trident just to help them out a little bit more and even out the league. And, and then also the jackpot rule um, sort of benefits the, the heavy hitting stronger teams because you get uh, a, a huge performance that's close to the world record or, or where you win by a large margin over the rest of the field that swimmer so far from what we've seen have, have, has been associated with the best team mm-hmm. and you're you're essentially stealing points from um, from all the other teams including those lower teams so the discrepancy I guess on the scoreboard this year is is more evident uh, with the jackpot rule yeah no right um, great point mate and that's you know something we spoke about before we even started it wasn't about that jackpot rule and you know, these poor buggers, as you said, at the bottom of the ladder are battling out as it is, let alone, you know, the top guys who are already killing it in the points, stealing even more points. So, yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, there's there's work to be done in terms of uh, season three, isn't it? So, uh, you know, if we go right back to the beginning of, say, for any American listeners, you go right back to the NFL, you go right back to the NRL when it first started. I'm assuming there was an ironing out period and, you know, working things out. So I'm sure... Um, you know, over the years to come, that'll that'll start to balance out and we'll see a little bit more of an even contest. But just from a fan, purely a fan watching, I think it's going to be important for the success of the ISL for years to come is balancing it out. Nobody really wants to turn in to watch, unless we're just watching purely to see Caleb Dressel be Caleb Dressel, mm. in, in which case I'm a fan, so I'm happy to do that. But I, I'm not sort of turning in to watch Caleb Dressel you know, see if another team can beat him because at the moment, Cali Condors are, are the bosses of the league. Yeah, just for an example, like like the New York Breakers that we keep mentioning, um, they are struggling for depth, but in this match, they won, they won five races. You know, they won five out of, let's say, 25 total races. Um, Brendan Smith won the 400 IM and the 400 freestyle. He actually won the 400 freestyle by five seconds. Mm. Um, and Abby Wood won won both IMs on the women's side and they won a relay as well. So, you know, but those names are not superstar names and they're not winning in in um, in those sprint events or those skins events, but they're definitely there and they're competing, but they got well beaten on the scoreboard overall because of the depth of their team and, and how often they got jackpotted in, in other races by the better team. So it's not to say, like you said, that they don't lack talent or um, lack ability, the, these teams, but the depth is is something where you're going to need to have depth if you want to compete on the scoreboard with um, with Energy and Cali. 
Yeah. Oh, mate, for sure. And for anyone listening to this, this is no diss on the swimmers from my point of view, because, you know, I'm, I you know, keep in touch with quite a few of these. Brendan Smith, I was talking to the other day, he's loving life over there, he's really enjoying it. So it's not against the swimmers. I just think the people who are organizing those teams and, you know, I think that's that's probably where they can rostering and all that sort of stuff and money funding. I don't know. We'll have to, maybe we'll look well, into I- it, mate. Maybe, we, maybe we'll start our yeah. own, the Australian League. Well, they are starting that yeah, one next yeah. year. But what I wouldn't want to see is like next year, Brendan Smith go to Energy Standard, you know, mm. or Abby would go to Cali Condors. Like we've got to stop that that happening. Or, or maybe, you know, if you win a couple of events over the course of a season, then you get a signing bonus to remain with that team for the next year. Like we want to see these teams, I guess, breed and, and produce their own, you know, ISL champion swimmers and we want to see them stay with them. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, mate. Great point. And just my last point on all of that, um, in in a market in terms of sports that is flooded with 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 options in terms of rugby league, um, you know, soccer, cricket, um, whatever it may be, um, I think having really healthy, strong competition is the key to, to the ISL being successful. So that's more to the point of where I'm trying to get at with all of this. It's not to, as I said, um, bag anybody out, but there's no point in turning up to, to watch one team that you already know is going to kill everybody else. I think we've got to try and even that out. So I'll leave it at that so I don't upset any more people. Now, um, match number four, mate, um, Cali Condors, LA Current, Aqua Centurions, and the DC Tridents. I thought this uh, matchup was probably a little bit more evenly uh, paced. Definitely the LA Current, I think, doing really good. They actually did really well last year as well, but... Um, doing really well this year. And I'll, I'll get to Maddie Wilson in a minute, who I think is doing a tremendous job over there. And her stocks are, are definitely rising uh, over there in the ISL. Uh, but the Cali Condors win this one, mate, with uh, MVP, who else? But Mr. Caleb Dressel uh, with 112 years by far and away, um, <laughs> the biggest point scorer in this one. Uh, what are some of the standouts for this match? Yeah, so... The scoreboard shows Cali Condors led by Dressel, 594 points um, ahead of the LA Current, 444. Aqua Centurions, 375. Um, they're actually even with LA after the first day and, and sort of struggled on on day two in, in those skins events. And then DC tried it not too far away either with 359 points. So um, a good battle between the other three teams um, competing for points on, on that day. But, you know, the, the Condors with, with Dressel, like I can't believe his performances so early in the season relative to everybody else. Obviously he's winning, but he's within a couple of tenths of his world record. Like yeah. <laughs> there's no way before last week that he swam between in that, I think it was five weeks between Tokyo and the first match. Like no way he, he did any training I'm following him on Instagram, <laughs> knowing what these American guys get up to in their breaks. Like, there's no way he did any formal training in that period of time. And he's jumping in now. He goes 48.5 in the 100 fly, um, 0.8 off his world record, and 45.4 in the freestyle, um, 0.4 off his PB and only 0.5 off the world record. So give this guy a little bit more time to get race fit again and, and build some strength again. Like these world records are, are going to go down again at the end of the year, which is, um, which is incredible at the, the, the high level of consistency that, that he can perform um, not only year in year out, but you know, week in week out right now um, to just race. It's, it's really something that, that the whole world should be looking at trying to emulate. 
It's funny, isn't it? It's one of those situations that as a coach sometimes makes you scratch your head because it makes you rethink everything you thought you knew about how to, you know, when people are going to go fast and when they're at their fastest and after this and if you know what I mean. So, like, I don't think anybody would expect after uh, an Olympic Games, not long after, as you said, he probably hasn't touched the water too much, especially right after and then, you know, not that um, we expected Caleb to, to be really slow, but we certainly probably wouldn't be expecting him, as you said, to be almost near his world records. Definitely one of those head scratches as a coach sometimes because you see this so often, don't you? You know, you get to a big meet, people do really well, and then after it, sometimes they even go on to, to do even better. And you're like, how the hell did they go even better, you know, four or five weeks after? We've already tapered. We've just peaked, and now they've gone even faster. Yeah, well, it definitely helps that it's short course. And and as we know, Dressel's just so explosive and so powerful and so good underwater. So he doesn't have to do a whole lot of free swimming. Um, he doesn't have to do as many strokes short course as he does long course. But but more just his mentality to attack these races and go absolutely max, even though he's clearly winning, um, to attack these races and put in 100% effort for his team um race in race out and and he doesn't have an easy program it's not like he only races one or two events he, he literally does the 100 free fly im relays and the skins freestyle and and the skins freestyle where you're doing 350s in less than 10 minutes wasn't even much less than what he was doing than the times he was producing last year as well so one number one it's his mindset and and then number two it's it's the training he's put in over the last four years, not not just the last um, four four weeks, which is probably not a whole lot, but the guy's clearly so strong and so fit, and um, and mentally just an absolute killer. Yeah, great point, mate. And we mentioned there the LA Current uh, and a standout for them, Aussie Maddie Wilson. As I said, her stocks just seem to to keep on rising. Um, she had a pretty good um, meet in the second match, and obviously her, you know. Um, points were, were getting up there as well. And I think she was the highest point scorer for the LA current. Um, she's been pretty impressive over there, isn't she? Oh, she's, she's an ISL superstar, Maddie Wilson. Um, great pickup by the LA current. Uh, she wins the, the, the 200 and the 400 freestyle um, second in the sprint freeze, the 50 and the hundred. And she's great in relays and, and they could use her in backstroke as well. If um, she's a world-class backstroker, if they mm. can fit that into her program. So she's got the versatility. Um, she's more hundred, 200 freestyle, but she's got enough speed to place in the 50 and she's got enough um, endurance to, to still win a 400 freestyle. So um, by the end of this, this year, we're going to be talking about her like, like a star on, on the women's side of this ISL circuit. And the way she's racing her races is, very controlled on the first part of the race and then finishing fast. So she's got enough easy speed to go out with the leaders, um, but then she's got enough finishing kick and she's got enough endurance to sprint home that last 50, which is what she did to win the 200 and the 400. And that's a smart way to race when you've got, let's say, three, four or five races per, per session because it doesn't produce a high amount of lactate. Um, you're not forcing it from the start and your body – doesn't have to tolerate that lactate for a long period of time. So whether she's doing that on purpose or whatnot, or, or just trying to purely win the race, but um, she just looks uh, awesome over there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely a standout from an Aussie point of view. We mentioned Brendan Smith and O'Lea Neal's over there doing really well as well. And 
uh, Matt Temple and, and a few others, and we know the Aussies uh, are coming. Mina Atherton just got in the pool, as I said, for, for match three, and, and there's more Aussies to come. Um, mate, before we get on to matches to come, what did we learn from these two matches? What, what did we learn from match three and match four? looking forward you gave us a few really good tips in terms of sarah showstrom's not going to be there so there's a few things that are, are going to play a part uh in you know in the weeks to come what did we learn well one thing that we haven't spoken about is is how the stroke of the skins actually gets picked so with the skins um you can score points on on all three rounds um so there's a eight swimmers start the top four go through and they race again three minutes later, and then the top two go through um, for a match race three minutes later after that. So um, if you're a sprinter that can that can race fast three times in 10 minutes, so um, like a Sarah Sostrom or a, or a Drestel, but not, a, not an absolute pure sprinter where you've only got one effort in there, that's extremely valuable to the team because these guys are, are picking up around about 50 points to win the skins. Whereas in an individual race, most winners are only are only winning about 12 to 15 points, depending on the jackpot situation. So it's essentially triple points. Um, so the stroke of the skins gets picked the day before based off the medley relay results. So in the medley relay on the first day of the match, that's the crucial one where the winner, so the third place in that relay gets to eliminate a stroke. So there's flyback breast freak. Mm-hmm. So the team that places third can go, oh, we're up against uh, Dressel here. I'm going to take the butterfly away because we don't want to do butterfly against um, against him. Yep. Um, the second place in that relay gets to pick, gets to take away another stroke. So they might say, oh, we've got a really good freestyler, so we want to keep freestyle, so we're going to take breaststroke away. Then the winner of that relay gets to pick between backstroke and freestyle as to what stroke um, they want that skin to be done. So obviously these these better teams are trying to suit that to their superstar being Petey, Dressel, Sostrom, whoever it might be, um, to get those crucial triple points. Um, so to me that seems to be a lot of a lot of um, a lot of focus is being put on that that medley relay. Mm-hmm. Um, the first day is, is really relay heavy. Um, so a lot of swimmers are just doing relay events and maybe one individual. And then the second day has more of those 400 meter races and, and the skins. Um, and then the jackpot as well. If, if anyone's been watching, there's, um, there's the, the red sort of light that flashes up um, towards the end of the race. If a, if a swimmer is about to be uh, about to be jackpotted for points. So um, there's a lot of flashing lights going on as we watch this. <laughs> Um, but it's something that you don't normally see in a traditional um, swimming competition. Um, so you're sort of cheering for the leader, or depending on what team you're going for, you're cheering for the leader to, to push ahead um, to try and jackpot as many swimmers as possible and, and steal their points. So um, it's cool. You know, it's, it's fun to watch. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to pick up on um, who's swimming what events, um, who's swimming what lane because it's not a traditional fastest to slowest sort of seed. Um, and trying to figure out who's in the water on those relays at any time. But it's fun, you know. It's, it's, we're watching the best swimmers in the world compete against each other. They look like they're having a lot of fun on TV, and um, it just puts swimming in front of everyone's eyes again. Mate, you just reminded me of something. I'm going to show my uh, lack of knowledge here, but I don't mind doing it because, as I've said, you know, I'm the average punter, so it's okay. I can do it. You, you better not do anything <laughs> like this, but I'll do it. I'll throw it out there. 
do you do you know how they come up with those lanes and do you think it makes a big difference? So, for example, where it really sort of piqued my interest was the 50 freestyle where we saw Sarah Showstrom, but we also um, saw Rainomi Chroma with Jojo, but she was in, I think, lane one when, when she was. So even though I think she finished second or third, maybe third, but they were out together, but she was all the way out to lane one, which probably, as you said, typically if we were seeding it, it probably wouldn't have gone that way. Do you think that makes a difference? As a coach, we talk to our swimmers about doesn't matter what lane you're in. Karen Perkins will tell you that. doesn't matter what lane you're in. You can win from anywhere. But does it make a difference, do you think? And do you know why it is sort of set out like that? Um, I don't know the exact reasons. I think on the first day it's random. Um, and, and if anyone hasn't watched before that, there's, there's obviously eight lanes, there's two swimmers per team. So the, the teams are next to each other as well. Mm. Um, so, you know, energy standards in one and two London rules in, in lanes three and four and so forth. Um, so the race looks a little bit more, um, scattered on, on the TV screen, but depending on what type of swimmer you are, it does, it can affect, and, and it depends on the event as well. Um, I think in a sprint 50, for someone like Chroma with Jojo, like you said, in a, in a 50, you're not really looking around to see where you're placing. You, you're just yeah. more focused on, on executing your race and, um, and, and full focus on, on all of those skills and details. So in a 50, it's probably better to be out wide um, just to get a bit of clean space and, and uh, clean water and, and not be in the, in the splash. But in a, in a longer race, if you're a, um, an Ariane Titmus who's, who's just an awesome racer, you want her in the middle of the pool so that she can look left, look right, and just race whoever she needs to, to race and, and beat them, which she'll do most times. But if she's out in lane eight and Katie Ledecky's out in lane one, then you know Ledecky can can pull a few aces out of her out of her sleeve to try and get the win over there because it's not a head-to-head battle where they can't see each other for the whole um, duration of the race. So um, I think it's just it's just different, you know, for me, it's, it's cool because it's different. It's something that we don't normally see. Um, I think on the second day, I, I can't confirm this, but on the second day, they put the two leading teams in the middle of the pool. Mm. So at least you're probably getting um, some closer matchups between the heavyweight teams. Um, but yeah, it's, it's different. It, it just adds another element to it. I think they're just trying to make it fun. And, um, and non-traditional, which is definitely what they're serving up for us. That's yeah, definitely what they're serving up. No, mate, I just wanted to ask the question because I know if there's a, pu- a punter out there that's just turned on for the first time, they would look at that sort of stuff and go, hang on a second. Well, what's going on here? All right, let's move on, mate. Let's, let's <laughs> go thing, to – yeah, go. I'll just add one thing um, that I picked up watching the Olympics. Obviously, in swimming, we're so used to seeing the fastest swimmers in the middle of the pool and then it's spreading outwards. But on the track in, in athletics, it seems to be everywhere. Like, I don't know, can they, do they pick their lanes in athletics? But, you know, we're not seeing the fastest runners in the middle of the, in the middle of the lanes in the 100, 200 or 400 meter sprint. Like they seem to just be, to be um, picking a lane and you don't know who's the fastest one in the field unless you're seeing their seed time. So um, I don't know if it's based on that at all, but in other sports, it's not the same as swimming. Yeah, no, it's definitely makes it interesting. As you said, it's a, it's a different take on it and a different look. Um, and I think maybe the listeners to this podcast will probably be learning as, as I'm learning the way through. So that's a good thing. Um, matches to come. I, I want to preview some matches because I think last time I didn't do a very good service in terms of telling people what's coming up. This time I'm a bit more prepared. 
Uh, match number five, we're going to see DC Tridents, the Iron Team, LA Current, and Toronto Titans. Now, um, you know, people that heard those will, will obviously pick up that there's no energy standard and there's no Cali Condors that we've clearly seen um, head and shoulders above the rest. This is going to be a very interesting matchup, I think, in terms of, as you'll see, you know, obviously LA Current are doing really well. We know the Toronto Titans did really well and probably superseded what people thought they might be doing the other day, and they did really well. Um, in terms of when you're looking at the points, and certainly from match four, DC Tritons, you know, they, they weren't that far away from, you know, second and third place as well. It's probably going to be a lot more evenly matched. Yeah, it is. Um you know, without those heavy hitting teams there, it should be more even and, and the racing should be a little bit more intense because those points are worth more than they normally are because you really, every every team in this in this match five is going to think that they can win this match, which is what you want to see. So um, LA Current look, look the favourites in that match. Um, they've already had a couple of matches under their belt as well, so they should be a little bit more race-hardened. But um, Toronto have a couple of superstars there. Um, being the Canadian team, they're, they're Canadian heavy and, and Kylie Mass in those backstroke events. Um, she's going to be tough to beat and, and scoring a lot of points. So it, it should be a good one. There's 10 teams in the league and eight teams go to the semifinal and four go to the final. So it seems to me that the teams coming fourth in the matches, coming last, are not going to make it out of the regular season. So... You definitely want to be becoming first or second more often than not, um, or, or at least the solid third, sort of like the Aqua Centurions have been. But you might be in a tougher semi final. Um, but it's going to be close this one. It should be good to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for anyone who's going to watch that on KO, um, that's on the 9th and 10th of September. So um, keep a lookout for that one. And as you said, mate, uh, you know, I think a big opportunity for DC Tridents, if they're going to try and get themselves out of that bottom spot, this is a match where they need to try and, um, you know, improve it and get as many points and, and try and not be fourth as much as they can. Tough gig, though. Uh, it's going to be hard. Now, match number six, got the Aqua Centurions, Cali Condors, London Raw, and the Tokyo Frog Kings. That one's coming to you on the 11th and 12th of September. Again, if in Australia, it's on KO. I don't know. I'm sure there's other ways to watch it. And some of the kids know some illegal ways that I don't understand on the internet. But for me, it's KO. Um, <laughs> but this one, obviously, when you look at Cali Condors, they're probably going in as a clear favourite. But when you're looking at Aqua Centurions, London Raw, and Tokyo Frog Kings, that's probably going to be a fair, it's going to be a close you know, match in terms of where you rank after number one. Yeah, th this will be good because there's no, there's none of these traditional weaker teams in there. Um, all those three teams, are, again, are, are going to think that that they're good enough to get second or, or even try and push Cali in a few events. And the Tokyo Frog Kings, one of the new teams this year, they've got a lot of superstars on their team, so they can win their fair share of events um, with Diaceto and, and a couple of their, their breaststrokers as well. Um, I'm not sure how their depth looks across the relays, but but um, they're capable of, of winning and, and upsetting a few events and, and scoring plenty of points. So that should be a good a good battle again. And, and the Raw um, will see some of the Aussies in action for the first time, being, being Kyle Chalmers, and and I'm not sure if um, if Emma McKean will be over for for that swim for that race as well. But um, just watching those guys get back into it with. Duncan Scott and a few others. It's it's interesting to watch to see how they're bouncing off the Olympics. So um, match six looks like a good one as well. Well, I know Zach Insert is over there uh, as well. I don't know if he's 
race ready yet. He was getting chucked straight in there, but I know he's um, not long been over there as well and ready to rumble. So definitely some exciting matches to come, mate. And you and I will definitely be around it. We'll definitely uh, review it again once those ones are done. So for everyone listening, if you're wondering if there's a rhyme or reason to these chats, we're definitely going to be trying to bring Australia as close as we can to the ISL action and delve into, you know, what's going on? Why is it going on? Bobby, mate, killing it again in terms of giving some great, um, you know, information and understanding as well. You know, I'm learning a lot just from he- what hearing what you're saying as well. And I'll keep trying to ask those questions that I know everyone sitting on the lounge is asking because, you know, in, in, in real terms, if we want people to buy in, we need people to really understand and get around what, what they're trying to do over there, which is a, a phenomenal um, thing. Obviously, it's taking swimming to a whole new level. It's adding another layer on top of what we have already got. So I think it's really important, and uh, I'm glad you and I are trying to do our bit to help it. More than our bit. Oh, that's We're it, showing everybody the ISL. So, um, you know, definitely if you're an a, a Australian sitting at home, uh, a fan of this league, then then you should be listening to to off the blocks to get all your information, mate. Hundred percent, and pick a team. I think that's one of the biggest things as well is is really getting in. I know I go for the London Roar. I've I've told people that before. Have you have you got a team, mate? I'm an Energy Standard man. Oh, uh, my are. wife and I we were, we were with Energy Standard <laughs> a couple of years ago, so so still tight with a lot of those swimmers and and coaches there, and and. Uh, um, they were definitely planning this league well before it eventuated. So it's good to see it successful right now, mm. and 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 I wish them all the best. Energy standard. No wonder you went quiet when I was asking you whether there's a discrepancy between the top and the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the backstrokers are too strong. They're just not going to sign me. That's that's the bad thing. <laughs> Oh, mate, but yeah, listen, for all the listeners, pick a side. As you said, there's there's 10 teams out there. You don't have to just go, you know, obviously everyone's got their favourite swimmers. I think it makes it a lot more enjoyable. There's merchandise to be bought. I know it's from overseas and it might take two bloody weeks to get there, but you can get around it. You can get some merchandise. I know Swimsy do some some fantastic work in terms of merchandising. So um, definitely get around it. Have a look online. I nearly bought a London Raw um, hoodie the other day, but unfortunately... I'd uh, purchased a fair few other things online that day, so I thought better off it. But we, we are <laughs> going to be getting some uh, some raw gear in, in-house as well, so make sure you're having a look online. But until next time, mate, we'll chat again very, very soon. Um, thanks for coming on. No, loving it. Thanks, Robbie. Cheers, buddy. I just want to be with you.